Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back. Junkies on 106.7 The Fan. We're live on CSN coming up at 945. We have tickets to go see Guns N' Roses in concert. Who's in Guns N' Roses now? I believe it's most of the original line. Axel's in it. Yes, Axel and Slash. Yes, but Axel was doing it without Slash for a while. For a while, but now they're the band's back, back. together. They yeah. realize that there are millions of dollars to be made, and they're cashing in on it. Nostalgia's big. Where are they playing? Playing at Verizon. Verizon. Oh wow! So we'll give away those tickets coming up. We have to at play a game for those ticks. Oh yeah, we're doing a we're doing a Guns N' Roses mashup. Oh, yes. the mashup. Valdez is working on it. All right, so we'll make do that. it difficult. But uh, joining us right now is our friend uh, Diana Rossini. Of course, she used to work here for NBC4 alongside Jim Vance. Now you can watch her on ESPN all the time. Good morning, Diana. Good morning, guys. How you doing? Good, good to hear your voices. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Sad day on Saturday. Die. I mean, um, I'm not going to act like I, I was best friends with, with Jim Vance because I wasn't. I only met him a couple times. But whenever I watched him, and I watched him you know, pretty much daily, you know, he just seemed like he was just kind of talking to me. I know that sounds cliche, but he was that's the type of personality he had. That's the way he delivered the news. So he was doing 30 minutes on golf? <laughs> hey, I guarantee you he'd have an interesting conversation. But um, yeah, give us your memories of Jim. I know you were only there a couple of years, but, you know, what, what do you remember about Jim Vance? I was really uh, close to, to Vance. Um, I didn't know a lot of people when I took the job. And if you guys recall... Dan Helly was there when I started. And then a week after I started, Helly left. Uh, and Helly was the only one I, I sort of knew. Um, so Vance sort of stepped in and, and became my first friend in Washington. Um, he, he knew I was in over my head taking that job. Um, obviously, knowing George Michael and Lindsay and Dan, you know, they were so beloved by the viewers there. Mm-hmm. And I think he knew right away I had no chance. <laughs> uh, not only was I not ready to take on such a big role, um, I was so different than them. And I think both he and Doreen picked up pretty quickly that um, if they could let the viewers and the people of D.C., Maryland, Virginia know that I was all right, that, that, that I was cool, that mm-hmm. they would embrace me. And what do you that's mean exactly you were different? what Jim. What do you mean you were different than them? Um, I wasn't. I didn't attack the job with a like a hometown approach of of wanting to see everyone succeed in terms of the teams. My attitude was more. I was coming from from a place of what's right, what's wrong. What is, what are the Washington Redskins doing wrong? I'm gonna. I, I want to find out the answers. I, I had more of a news approach to it than I did. Uh, a, a sort of supportive way. And believe me, it was, it, I went back and forth a lot of times on how I wanted to cover those teams mm-hmm. um, because I knew I, I would 
get a, a lot of uh, pushback on it. Because fans, at the end of the day, they, they, they want to see that you love them and you love the teams. And when you're out there asking Mike Shanahan, uh, you know, kind of uncomfortable questions, people just don't want to like you. Mm-hmm. And, and Vance loved that about me. Um, he used to always tell me, don't stop. That's exactly what George would have wanted you to do. If, if he was here and you were one of our reporters, he would tell you, keep pushing back. He'll, he'll take care of the rest. So the fact that, that Vance picked up on and, and allowed me to be who I was, and I think that's the, the, the story of Vance that people uh, are, are drawn to right now. It's that he allows you to be who you are and still loves you for that. And, you know, I, I know a lot of people have pointed out that Vance has this incredible way of making you feel like your problems, your issues, and, and you are the most important thing in his life, which is incredible to think of how many people that, that he, he touches, how many lives he touches. But he did have that gift, which is why you feel like he was your friend, even though you spent uh, a little bit of time with him. Did I hear that he had a nickname for you? Uh, he had a lot of nicknames for me. Um, I'm curious which one you're talking about I now. Know. I thought I saw um, you talking about him giving you a nickname. I could be wrong. I'm trying to remember which one. Uh, no, I mean, he had a lot of ones. He's always going shorty, like, shorty, what are you up to later? What are you doing? What are you working on? Things like that. But um, the nickname he gave me, it wasn't really a nickname. It was more of a mistake. Um, so I would, I would be at Redskins Park in the morning, and I would drive back to anchor the sportscasts at 6 and 11. So it was a long day. And he would always pick me up a cup of coffee on his drive-in, mm. and he would put it on, on my desk. And the cup always said Hallie on it. You know, when the Starbucks people, the baristas write on it. Right. And for like the first two weeks, my thought was Vance. Like, I don't think this guy knows my name. <laughs> like, he's really nice, but I think he thinks my name's Hallie, which is a much prettier name than Diana, so I'll take it. Um, so finally, I went up to him, and I said, Vance, do you, you think my name is Hallie? He goes, no, no. I, I always tell the barista Hallie because that's how you take your your coffee, light and sweet. It looks like Halle Berry. Which <laughs> 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 is so funny to me and ridiculous. Um, one of my favorite stories, um, I, I know you guys probably have to go soon here, but uh, one of my favorite stories is... No, we don't. You know, we Vance got, never... We plenty of time. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> Vance never... Um, reaches reached out for help he was always there to answer your phone calls if you needed help or your text messages if you needed anything uh one time i had a flat tire he came and picked me up um there are tons of different examples wow. i could give where he helped me i don't think the junkies um, would but, do that for each other <laughs> <laughs> um but but one day uh he texted me and he said hey i'm in your lobby i'm like oh god so i come downstairs i said jimmy are you, are you okay he said, hop in with me real quick. I need, I need a really big fever. I said, all right. So we're driving, and I'm, he's not really telling me where we're going, and I'm not really sure what he's up to. And we pull in front of a car dealership in Maryland, and we get out, and the dealer comes and greets me and says hello. And he said, apparently you're, you, you have an important opinion for this guy. I said, why is that? He goes, because you're the one picking out the color of his new Corvette. I said, what? So – there's three different color Corvettes, and he says, I, I'm colorblind, Diana. Can you pick it out for me? <laughs> I said, all right. So I picked out this, this uh, deep blue, midnight blue Corvette. And this whole time I'm thinking, wow, this is so cool. Jim Vance asked me to pick out his new car. 
Uh, and then I realized why he really needed me. So the dealer walks away. He goes, well, hop in. I said, oh, you need me to drive it back? He goes, no, I don't know how to drive stick. I remember you telling me once you knew how to drive stick. Can you drive it and teach me? Oh, my God. So we pulled over to some park one day, and there I am teaching 73-year-old at the time, Jim Vance, how to drive stick on his new Corvette. <laughs> and it was one of the coolest moments for me to, to think that I got to be part of that. And he obviously was a huge sports fan, too. I mean, he loved, you know, the banter back and forth. You know, after your after you were done with your sports cast, you would talk about whatever, you know, whatever your, you know, the, the hot whatever topic the was, was. Whatever the hot topic was. But he loved sports. He absolutely did. He didn't wait to the end of the sports cast. Yeah, he was he jumping just, in the whole time. That's true. He would interrupt you. Yeah. <laughs> Mid-delivery. Well, I'd, I'd be standing out uh, at a Wizards game or a Caps game, and one of the – the toughest positions you're in when you're a sports anchor there is you hear that music start that the sports uh, segment is about to begin and you know Vance is working, you know, and you hear that voice. And and most anchors, you send a note or the producer gives them a heads up of like, hey, Diana's at the Caps game, you know, just tear up with, you know, whatever the, the, the little nugget is of the day. Vance didn't do nuggets. He didn't, he didn't take uh, scripts. So you never knew what he was going to say to you. And sometimes he would, he would put you out there. He would go with something personal that he knew about you. Oh. And, and you would have to react in the middle of a game, you know, right before a game starting and the arena's loud. Uh, but, but the one thing that he did so well for every person that worked with him um, was, was shining your star. And that's what I used to always say to him. He always found a way to make you look like the smartest person and, look like, and make you look like you were the best person uh, sitting on the desk with him. Um, even though there was probably a good amount of time when I worked there where Vance knew more about the teams than I did mm. because he had been there so long. Um, although it used to annoy me that he used to always debate with me like, Oh, you know, well, B Mitch said, blah, 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 blah on the air today. I said, I don't care what B Mitch said. This is what I'm telling you yeah. that's going on. And then it took a year. And then finally he started to trust my, my takes on, on situations that were going on in DC. And, you know, he, he co-anchored with, with Doreen Gensler for so many years, I think 1989 was when she she latched on with uh, with WRC, and it's just I mean it's got to be so rare. You know more about the industry than I do. It's got to be so rare that two anchors are in the same market on the same station for that long, working together almost 20 years. That's just an incredible run, isn't it? More than 20 years, and and like 89. each other. Uh, that 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 was always Doreen is is one of the most magnificent women, not just journalists, women I have ever, ever met. Um, in fact, whenever I would talk to Vance about my career and things I wanted to do, and, and he was well aware, uh, and that, that whole desk was aware I wanted to work at ESPN. Um, mm-hmm. He used to always tell me, you know, don't, don't try to be anyone but yourself. But if you're ever confused with who you should shadow, who you should sort of emulate just a bit, Doreen Gensler's the one. Um, because of the, the, the class, the, the work ethic, but also she had this ability to empathize and sympathize probably more than, than, than most people I've met in this business. And I think that was something that Jim loved about Doreen was he, she cared about everything and every story uh, and was locked in on, on everything that they talked about uh, on Channel 4. Yeah, I, mean, so, I did the math wrong, almost 30 years. Yes. That's, just, that's unbelievable. But they were they were yeah. working together for almost thirty years on the same station. Oh, and he was scared of her because Dor- Doreen is stubborn and she's got a way about her. She will put Vance in his place, and she was 
never buying uh, some of the garbage he was selling to us uh, oftentimes. You know, one of my favorite things about, about them is, I mean, we, we would go to dinner a lot. People would always look at us in restaurants like, wait, you guys hang out together? You guys are actually really friends during Doug uh, and Vance and I, and definitely for, for our birthdays. Vance, Vance was at every birthday party, uh, which were at some, usually at some ridiculous club downtown that he should not be at at his age. Um, but he'd always swing by, come in, buy me a shot of tequila, give me a kiss on the cheek and leave. Um, you know, my farewell party was was probably uh, the biggest event he attended that was so important to me because it was on a rooftop in D.C. and it was so hot that day. Oh. And, you know, Vance's knees uh, were going towards the end there and uh, he had to walk off, walk up all these flights of stairs. But it didn't stop him. But he was you know, there. And he showed up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He t- he partied with everybody and took pictures with everyone. And uh, he said to me too, because I had, a, I had a, you know a couple minutes to the side with him. He's like, you know, I was like, Vance, you didn't have to be here. Like you're ridiculous. I, I see you all the time. And he's like, this is important to you. I'd be, I wouldn't miss it for the world. Hey, what did, what did Vance and Gensler do? Like, so after the six o'clock newscast, it ends at seven, and then they have to be back there. You know, I don't know, ten or ten fifteen, whenever they're prepping for the eleven. What do they do in between that time? Do they go home and have dinner, or? Do they, they hang around. What do they do? Yes. So Doreen had uh, had teenage um, kids when I was working with her. Um, they were just about to start college, so she would go home for dinner. Um, sometimes they'd have to do events. They'd have to MC events in between the six and eleven. Uh, Vance was always up to go grab a, a you know a bite to eat with me and Doug. Um, it's, we we did that often actually, uh, especially because our days were so long. It was just nice to sit back. Uh, and just and just sort of catch up. Now after the show, that was a different story. Um, there was a cigar bar uh, right near the station that Vance loved because you could smoke there, and and he would go there and and just hold court um, for hours. And and I used to always joke that when I worked in D.C., I, I picked up such bad habits of drinking and smoking uh, because I would hang out with Vance so much and mm. and spend that time with them and and. Believe me, they're, they're, I'd give anything to be sitting back uh, having a glass of Don Julio, um, listening to the stories of the 70s and 80s and, and, and Vance's life, which, you know, was always so interesting. He should have wrote, you know, he should have definitely wrote a book. Well, we enjoyed hearing your stories, Diana. We love talking to you. When can people watch you on ESPN today? You're all over the place all the time. I don't, I don't know where to find you regularly. I am. I am all over the place, uh, which is a good and bad thing these days. Uh, the good news is, so I'm, I'm going to be uh, covering the NFL uh, full time now. So I was doing Sports Center for a while. Okay, cool. Um, I'm just going to be hopping in on Sports Center here and there, but you will see me Sunday mornings reporting from games and hosting NFL Live. Nice. Awesome. Well, we'll see you this fall. Guys, thanks for thinking of me. I appreciate all this time and let, letting, me, uh, letting me share my stories up, Vance. You got it. Thank you. See you later. Take care. All right. The great Diana, Diana Rossini. Rossini worked uh, with Jim Vance. Vance is just a, a he's an icon. You know, I mean, forty-five years at one station. We'll just never people just be, don't do that. We'll just never even close to that cool. Oh, of course we won't. Everybody just thinks he's uh, a cool he was, guy. Yeah, he's a good dude. That's okay. I, I'm I'm fine with that. I'm fine just being a dork. But, but you know what? <laughs> <That's> okay. <laughs> she was right about the fact that you know, like mid broadcast, yeah, whoever was doing the sports, he would just chime in. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're talking about the Wizards, he'd say something like, "Hey, Wizards—they're not playing that well, right?" And then, like, it must be awkward for the sportscaster sure. because they're reading the Your teleprompter. Timing's off. The timing's off, and then you kind of have to address him and what he said. 
But, yeah, I mean, he's, he loved sports, bro. He loved it. I remember coming up at 945, your chance to win Guns N' Roses tickets here on the Junkies. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 